We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Episode two of the Eastbound and Down Rewatch. I want to thank everyone who tuned into episode one, what is absolutely a perfect pilot episode. Uh, episode two, it had been years since I saw it pleasantly surprised me i again kind of like episode one couldn't believe how many classic kenny powers eastbound and down moments were in just the second episode and uh before we get into uh to episode two got to bring in my co-host on this journey jeremy lost jeremy we're talking eastbound and down episode two you ready to do this oh i'm super excited for this cannot wait uh episode two so chapter two Kenny Powers continues to struggle with life after baseball. His efforts to raise money through personal appearances falls flat, and his job as a teacher's assistant sees him struggling with small-town community community needs. Uh, Jeremy, leading off, what is your impression of this episode? What's your takeaway? Um, <clears throat> pleasantly surprised. I, I, too, hadn't watched this in a while. And from the moment this episode starts where he's trying to hide his jet ski by the lake, and he's using just a couple twigs to hide it. <laughs> I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, this also introduces us to one of the greatest um, bit characters of all time, and Ashley Schaefer. Uh, and it also kickstarts a really great friendship between uh, Kenny Powers and Stevie at the very end of the episode. So this is this is a really really strong uh, episode, and I think it's it's one that can easily get lost in the shuffle because Eastbound and Down has so many classic episodes. But if you go back and watch it, there are some just iconic moments in this in this episode um, that really just kind of continues the story and continue. You continue to see the downfall of Kenny Powers. It's it's great stuff. I couldn't believe that we got Ashley Shaver so quickly. Right. For some reason, I thought he didn't show up until the end of like towards the end of the season, like last couple episodes. I mean, it's, it's a short season. I think it's only seven episodes, but yeah, uh, was very pleasantly surprised. Also, one of my my favorite moments in the series, which we're talking about in a bit. Uh, what I loved about this episode is I think the easy thing that the show could have done is make the show just about Kenny getting back to the big leagues, like have the, the, the whole scene in the backyard where he's throwing, you know, and just knocks over the birdbath like that kind of be the whole thing it just the entire show be about that and like it would have been hilarious but this this turn of him trying to figure out how to like actually make a life for himself a post-baseball life like Kenny kind of he's still doing the thing where he's trying to make a comeback but he's also kind of settling in of like how am I actually going to survive I I really enjoyed that aspect I'm glad that they they went that direction instead of just oh it's Kenny Powers making a comeback yeah I also really like the fact that they didn't give like they didn't show any signs that he has anything left 
Like, I think in some, like, if this was like a classic sports story, he may be able to throw like 80, 85. He throws 68 and he like kills a birdbath in the, in, in the process. Like, it just shows he absolutely does not have it anymore. And then that's when you start to see like, okay, I got to start making money in some way, shape or form. And he just so happens to run in and in, run into Ashley Schaefer and then things just go downhill from there. But yeah, I, I just think it was, it was a great way to kind of continue this story and showcase like, all right, this guy, we thought he was down in the dumps and that he might've hit rock bottom, but realistically he still hasn't hit rock bottom yet. And so he's still kind of working his way there. And, and, and throughout the episode, there's certain things that happen where, okay, maybe this is rock bottom bottom. And then another thing happens, right? Maybe this is rock bottom. So it's like just continuing this downfall and then hopefully down the line is when we start to see him rise back up. But I really like the fact that like they didn't give any hints that like he still has something in the tank. Like he has absolutely nothing. And I also love that they insinuate that a lot of that is mental, like especially when it when it comes to the breakdown at Ashley Schaefer, like him not yeah. even being able to throw the baseball because like we kind of talked about in the last episode, Kenny's whole outward appearance is arrogant and brash and stuff. But Kenny is also just deeply insecure and unsure of himself. And it's just a very like funny aspect and kind of like almost realistic aspect. Like Kenny powers in some ways kind of has the yips. Oh, 100%. It's great. Okay. So, uh, each, each episode in this season, we're going to lead off with a question for the other about the episode. I think I went first last time, Jeremy, I, the floor is yours. What is your opening question about this, this episode? Is Ashley Schaefer's hair real? Oh man. So you're saying the, is the character, the character's hair, is it real? Or is yes. Ashley Schaefer himself actually wearing a wig? Yes. I'm going to say, I think it's, ooh. Because it could be like he's this this deep-fried southern used car salesman. Like It could be that his hair is just straight-up Ric Flair bleached to death, uh, goes to a really bad hairdresser every week to get that thing blown out. But you can also see that Ashley Schaefer gets home and he doesn't let anyone like maybe not even his wife see him without that wig on, but he gets like into his bathroom and, and throws it, you know, puts the wig on the little wig stand. I'm going to say it's real. It's just horribly treated and fried. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's going to the bad, he's going to the worst, Worst hairdresser possible, but he, he Ashley Shaver also thinks that hair looks great. Yeah, he's probably going to the worst hairdresser, but he's spending a shit ton of money on it. Oh, he I mean, he's spending a fortune. The thing is, the hairdresser, I was listening to an episode of uh, of Bomani Jones's podcast. And I think he was talking about uh, P. Diddy's son posted something about I think he paid like a thousand dollars for a lineup or something or a fade or something like that. And Bomani essentially was saying, like, this guy doesn't regularly charge $1,000. He just knew he had a mark. Yeah. That's what Ashley Schaefer's hairdresser has. Oh, like, 100%. You know, they have a mark. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm, I'm under the assumption that his hair is real. I think he's, like, a mix between Ric Flair and Colonel Sanders. And, like, he is just trying really hard to take it over the top. Um, but, man, that hair is it's something else. So my pair question the, for you. Pair it with oh, the ahead. white suit and everything. I mean, it just takes it over the top. Yeah, it's I mean, he's the perfect like caricature of the the Southern used car salesman, which yep. the, this the show hits on so many stereotypes perfectly. And that's that's just another one they nail. Uh, my question for you is also Ashley Schaefer based. It is probably an impossible question. I mean, it's definitely an impossible question. Is it a is a a better show if it's a show about BMW salesman Ashley Schaefer and Kenny Powers is a recurring character? Oh, my God. Mm, oh, Tell me you wouldn't watch a season of it, though. <laughs> I would watch it. I, I would also, like, I feel like I would probably hate myself watching it, but I would watch it. The thing is, like, you get the everyday antics of Ashley Schaefer, and it's like, Kenny's always around. You know, they're doing the Kenny Powers appearances. Uh, Craig Robinson's character's name escapes me. He's always around. Um, you, you know, you roll a few more of those other like feral bit players out. You get you roll out John C. Riley for something. Um, I mean, it's a great show. It's got legs. It's funny. It would be a hilarious show. Oh man, man, that's tough. Also, Craig Robinson's name in the show is Reg Mackworthy. Reg Mackworthy. That's yeah, right. he is the guy that ends Kenny Powers' career. Um. Yeah, I'd watch it, and I think it'd be a pretty good, a pretty good show. 
Yeah, it's probably not better than Eastbound and Down, but it's fun to think about. I bet you it, it doesn't age as well as Eastbound and Down. No, no. Uh, yeah, and, you'd have to make that series that. in like 2004. Yeah, we kind of saw that in Ashley Schaefer. <laughs> I'm not sure you could. Uh, I, I And I, I think back, I have not watched it in a long time, but that scene a couple seasons down the road where they're at Ashley Schaefer's house, and I believe it's a plantation-style house, I can't imagine that that episode is going to age quite as well as like the pilot of this one right. when we talked about that. Yeah. So let's get into the best scene in this one. Kind of like you know we, we talked about last time, in this show, there are scenes and there are moments. Um, I will say, like, Clegg getting caught huffing paint with homeless people <laughs> is a moment. Uh, but I, I have three nominees for best scene. Um, Kenny meeting Ashley Schaefer, which is a thrill when you see it, you know, when you see it again. It's just great. Like, as soon as you see him see Schaefer BMW, you're just like, oh, shit. This yep. is going to be great. It just seems to me an establishment such as this could go for an overhaul in the advertising spokesman game. I'm talking about a real celebrity, not some sign-spinning fucking monkey. I'm talking about goddamn me. In the store, live, uncut, in person, bringing in the customers, lubing the deals. Holy shit. This must be my goddamn fucking lucky day. First off, Kenny Powers walks into my showroom, and then he says he wants to do a personal appearance. It's goddamn amazing. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I got a lot of star power. Woo! And I think it would make this night a grand success. Woo! And I think it'll only cost you two grand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pay you a hundred bucks. Um, the second one I have is then just Kenny at the Ashley Schaefer event. Like, watching Farrell or Ashley Schaefer quickly assert his dominance on powers is fantastic. Like, he goes very quickly from him and Kenny or this buddy thing, although, like... Earlier, you know, Kenny, it's kind of hinted at when Schaefer's like, I'm going to pay you 200 bucks. But then when you get to the event, Schaefer's just like, no, you're my property. You're my you're my carnival carnival monkey. Yeah. And he does the finger mic, which is extremely awkward when they're having that moment. And Kenny's just like, please get your finger out of my face. Are you nervous or not? You feel a lot of emotions? <laughs> I feel 110 percent ready to move some BMWs tonight. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> it's a big night. What are you going to go with? Your fastball or your cut fastball? Maybe a fork ball? Maybe just signing some balls instead. Signing some balls? Yeah. It's, it's not a microphone. <laughs> it's not a microphone. I know. We're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when he, um, like, Farrell rarely looks like he's not having fun when he's performing. But with Ashley Schaefer, he's really having fun. He's just chewing it up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you have the, him ordering him to wear the the yellow polo shirt and then like talking him into like at least trying to throw the fastball to the kid. Um, that whole scene is extremely awkward. I, I was cringing the entire time. And I think that will fit into one of our categories later in the show. It was an extremely like couple minutes, tough couple minutes to watch. Yeah, I think the only time I outwardly laughed in that one is right at the end when Kenny walks away and just socks the guy in the face. <laughs> he punches the kid. The kid turns around and says, bye, Kenny. Like, he waves like he's happy. I thought that was hilarious. And then, uh, and then of course, like I said, uh, Kenny comes across Clegg huffing paint with homeless people <laughs> in the parking lot, which is just, I mean... That is something I've carried with me in the show for 10 years is it's one of the funniest scenes is like Clegg showing up and Kenny with the you look like he gave Robocop a blowjob line. It's it's funny because like Kenny is yelling for Clegg and Clegg is across the street waving to Kenny like it's no big deal. Like he has no idea what's going on. He's like, Kenny, and he's just waving, like having a good old time. It's like completely oblivious to the situation. I, I love it. And then when he gets across and they have, they have that that moment where he asked if he gave Robocop a blowjob. Just great stuff. Also, he gets behind the wheel and he starts driving after huffing paint for however long with with the homeless guys. It's crazy. As Kenny's driver, yeah. and he's wearing and he's wearing the uh, the pilot cap or the, uh, the like the the, the captain's captain hat. Cap. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, that goes right into uh, what I have is it actually surprisingly something with Ashley Schaefer is not my pick for, for best scene, but I think the best scene in this one is Kenny and Clegg walking into the school dance on ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree. I think that's the best scene. I, I would also like add, there's a couple scenes that I really liked 
and we could talk more about the dance scene in a little bit, but I also I mean, liked... hell, it's only a 25-minute show. We could just talk about everything. I know, right? But I, I really love the scene where Kenny walks up to April in the lunchroom, and they're having their back and forth, and he tries to throw the tray into the trash can. And he like he asks her like how much how much would you give me if I throw this in the trash can? And he just hucks it at it. And, like they have a really like awkward back and forth. And he's April's asking about him coming to the dance, and he looks over at the kid with I, I forget what what the kid has is it brain cancer? Spina bifida. Spina bifida. And he's like I don't know that fucking kid. I'm not going there. And like they just have a really good back and forth. And then there's also the scene where Kenny tries to hire his brother as the driver, and his brother's taking a dump, and he takes the toilet paper. And he just keeps like egging him to get out. And I was like, I totally remember my brother doing that to me when I was a kid. So for me, that one just kind of hit home. It's not like a really like uh, in your face scene, like the the ecstasy scene or the any kind of scene with Ashley, Ashley Schaefer. But I just really like that dynamic between the two brothers because it does add a little bit of like humility to to Kenny Powers and, and, and personability as well. Like you're able to just kind of get a sense for who he is when he's around people that really understand him. And so I, I love that, that, that dynamic, but man, it's, it's tough to top the ecstasy scene. Cause he walks in, he has the feedback or the, the, the back and forth with, with April who can't dance with her fiance. And then he just has the most awkward, like mating dance in front of her. And you can see that he's going through it while he's on ecstasy. He's dripping sweat. Uh, at one point it looks like he's like about to pass out and then he recovers and then he passes out and then he throws or he, he falls down and then he throws up. Um, everything about that scene is, is great. Him and Clegg both look terrible because Clegg walks in and he's in that, like we said, he's in the, the sea captain's hat, uh, like the blazer shorts and he's got paint all <laughs> over his face and Kenny brings out that same black button down black jeans outfit with the slick back mullet that we talked about in the pilot. Like that's, that's Kenny's stepping out clothes. Yep. Those are his fancy clothes for sure. And, uh, you, you didn't mention yet when he, uh, he's getting ready to win back April with his dancing and he says work drugs. Which is just... <laughs> oh my work drugs. It's the it's the little things that just make this the show uh, incredible. Also, there's the moment where he's in the he's he's teaching class and he's trying to show that he's in shape and he has 252 pounds on an incline and he has the two kids on the side trying to hold it up for trying to uh, spot him and he just he can't even it can't even get it off his chest and he's asking the kids to help him out. I found that hilarious because he's like the center of attention in the middle of the basketball court and he's failing at trying to lift an ex- incredible amount of weight for him. There's multiple moments in every episode of the show that to show us that Kenny is just very washed up and so out of his prime. I mean, that's the whole the whole focus of the show. Like you mentioned the thing with April, you know, in the lunchroom, like Kenny as a freshman in high school was probably smooth talking. April is just eating that shit up. Kenny is just stuck as a freshman in high school mentally. He's just got like the drug problem of a guy in his mid thirties. And it's just like everything that he does is like, like lifting, failing at lifting the weights and having the kids have to get it off of him. Like just washed, can't hang the thing at the, uh, at Ashley Schaefer BMW mentally washed, cannot hang, cannot throw a baseball. It is, just everything is turning up snake eyes for Kenny Powers. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then it seems like he's starting to get, like, he's starting to realize where he stands in life at the very end of the episode when he runs, when Stevie finds him. Um, and I think that's what kind of helps him move forward is, is is this partnership with Stevie that we'll see develop over the next couple seasons. And for me, this was like a big moment for me because I love the, the Stevie-Kenny dynamic throughout this series. Uh, Stevie is a really awkward character and just a really awkward human being. And to see him like go to bat for, for Kenny, no matter what, um, it's just, just a start of a, a really iconic partnership at the very end of this episode. And he, he gets the, uh, the cinder block and he's like, I'm ready to go to, let's go to Ashley Schaefer BMW. Like you can just see they're ready to like wreck some shit. Um, so I thought that was just a perfect way to transition to the next episode and get you ready for, what we're going to see with, with Kenny and Stevie going forward. Yeah. Kenny sees Stevie and he knows right away. He's got a minion like Kenny and Kenny has seen. And 
he's seen those people throughout as like the people that will just do anything for him at the drop of a hat. And he's spent the whole episode realizing that he has no more of those people in his life. Like the people at Ashley Schaefer BMW laughed him out of there. Uh, April is not putting up with his shit. His own brother would not drive him, be his driver to the, the BMW event. But he, he sees Stevie and he's like, this is, this is probably the last person in the world who is going to be like my devoted servant. And I'm about to, I'm about to run this shit for all it's worth. Yep. Yeah. You can definitely see that at, at when he realizes what Stevie is there for, you can see that he realizes that he has an opportunity to, to uh, mold this person and use them for his own personal gain. So yeah. Um, there's a lot of really great shenanigans that come out of Stevie and Kenny. And like, this is just the beginning. So I can't wait to, to talk about what they do in the future. Obviously in these first two episodes, there's very little interaction because Kenny, Kenny really doesn't even know who he is. Doesn't even remember him. Um, but going forward, they will be, uh, quite the pair. Yeah. Stevie is just chilling, being super creepy in the background. Um, let's pay the bills real quick and, uh, pay the bills real quick. And then, uh, and then get back with most and least authentic parts of the episode. Big Street Sports is brought to you by Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Right, Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football is back in full swing, unless you're the Cowboys and you just suck. Uh, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so uh, most and least authentic parts in the episode, because we talked after the first episode, there's not going to be sports in every episode of Eastbound Down. Probably, like... Very few of the episodes, honestly, have like something actual sports, but it is fun to talk about just what's what's realistic, what's you know, what's not. Uh, I, I want to go right away with the most authentic thing about this episode is a washed up athlete taking a car dealership gig. It's a tale as old oh, as time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that was my initial thought as well. Like that's the first thing they go to. Um, I I also love the 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 back and forth where he's trying to get a couple thousand dollars. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to pay you 200 bucks. And then you have that skeezy used car dealership uh, owner um, who is perfectly played by Will Ferrell. So, yeah, I would say their partner, uh, a washed up athlete working with uh, a car dealership is is what is definitely the most authentic. Because if Kenny would have played his cards right and not been such a ginormous piece of shit, like Kenny probably gets he, may, he might not get a, a BMW dealership, but like. Kenny Powers Honda, like that that's a thing that could happen. You think Kenny like, Powers in, in Chevrolet. North Carolina? Oh, Chevrolet yeah. Kenny or Powers Ford? Chevrolet. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh but no, instead he's uh he's left taking two hundred dollar gigs signing baseballs from Ashley Schaefer and gets laughed out of there. And eating what was he eating? Was it uh egg rolls or <laughs> he's, I got this Polynesian he's eating egg rolls. I got this Polynesian <laughs> sauce all over my fingers. <laughs> that's a that's a classy establishment. Did you have something for least authentic? Uh, yeah. So I had a couple of things all related to, to, uh, Clegg. So one, nobody's getting behind the wheel after huffing paint. And two, there's no way in hell they get into that school with Clegg's face covered in silver paint. 
So that kind of goes into what I said. I got to think Kenny gets arrested that night. Oh, 100%. There's no way he keeps his job after that. Like, uh, uh, a running theme of this show is that people bend over backwards for Kenny. And for Kenny's entire life, people have, have bent over backwards for him. And like, yes, former professional athletes get away with a lot more than like you or I get away with. But just looking at everything that happened with Kenny, like the thing at Ashley Schaefer, like he commits assault for one. Um, so so that's a thing like that. That's something, you know, that guy was such a Kenny diehard. He had the shirt on like it was probably a privilege to get punched by Kenny Powers. And like he pops up saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, Clegg has to make it safely over to the school without wrecking into something. Although I will say probably not Clegg's first time huffing paint with homeless guys. Oh, he's a veteran at that. Yeah, he 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 held the can. Uh, <laughs> Clegg Clegg knows what he's doing, but the you know at the at the dance like a parent has to show up and see like Kenny Powers on ecstasy and like they they know what's a, there's at least a complaint to the police department. Oh, one hundred. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he walks out of there with with like not in handcuffs. Like he is getting arrested. He's losing his job. He gets off with nothing. Like he walks out of there, it uh, still has a job, and like the principal offers to drive him home. So like, there's absolutely no way that he he maintains his position coming in on ecstasy. Um, so yeah, I would say that's least authentic. Also, for most authentic, is just um, his inability to to crack seventy miles an hour as a washed up athlete. Like I I believe that to be something where like. If you haven't thrown a baseball in a long time or haven't done anything athletic in a long time, like your skills are going to diminish greatly. So you're barely going to be able to throw faster than like a top quality, like little leaguer, pony leaguer, whatever. So like I, 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 like I said earlier in the show, like I like the fact that they really made sure that his skills were completely washed up. There was no hint that he had anything left in the tank. Like he, he wants to go back to the big leagues. He thinks he can make it back to the big league, big leagues. But the reality is he can't even break 70 miles an hour. Yeah. He, Kenny is both physically and mentally broken and it is our, our benefit as an audience. We get to watch that and it is, it is very, very funny. Um, let's get into what else worked about this one that we haven't already talked about. I mean, kind of, we were talking off mic, like it's almost, almost everything about these early episodes works really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just firing on all cylinders right now. Um, you get to just see Kenny in the type of human being that he is. Like, I also found it funny in the first minute of the episode where he's talking to the girl he met at the bar, and he just so randomly says, "Like, oh yeah, we can it, it, we can go back to my car, but we have to make sure we have protection or something." I have a dental dam in my car. Like, <laughs> Kenny Powers has a random fucking dental dam sitting in his car. <laughs> like, you could just tell like he's a scumbag. Uh, and they're continuing to like just show separate like different little elements in his life to just show that what kind of person he is. Whether it's he has a dental dam in his car, he does ecstasy before he goes to a middle school dance. He is friends with a guy who huffs, huffs paints with a homeless guy. Like everything about it is just like, oh, this person's a piece of shit. And then like you might have there might be like a redeeming moment here, and then like another second later, it's like, oh yeah, he's a giant piece of shit. So I just love that we're and, and I think this is working really well obviously in the first two episodes is just like their ability to continue to uh, remind you that Kenny Powers is somebody that you probably shouldn't be cheering for, but you can't help it at the same time. Like you want him to succeed. You want to see him do good things, but at the same time, they want to remind you like this guy is a gigantic piece of shit. They set the expectation that nothing should surprise you when it comes to Kenny Powers, but you should like, you should believe everything they tell you about him. And it's very, very funny. Like you, you fully believe like, oh yeah, Kenny, you know, Kenny has a, a random dental dam, probably a used dental dam, like a washed <laughs> dental dam. I don't really know how dental dams work. Also, that might, that might be the least authentic thing though. Like I'm, I'm not sure Kenny Powers uses protection ever. Yeah, that's true. Although if there's one thing that Kenny Powers is, is like more afraid of than anything in the world besides his own, uh, just lack of ability and, and just own, you know, common sense is uh kenny powers is probably deathly afraid of child support (laughs) yeah i was thinking like if he he's either a guy that doesn't believe in protection or he's like one of those guys that carries like a condom in his wallet that just like sits there all the time like 
we all know those guys that just like feel like the need to like show that they have a condom in their wallet. It's like, why, why, like what, what is the point there? So it's like, yeah, I, I, Kenny Powers using protections. It seems really, uh, not authentic. That's not on brand for Kenny Powers. But he's had that condom in his wallet since rookie ball. He's like, yeah. oh, hell yeah, baby. I got protection. And then he 100% lies about having it on. Like, Yeah. That, that's not Does Kenny, Kenny Powers, Powers have illegitimate children? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Wherever Kenny... So let's see. He came up with the Braves. So Kenny Powers has a, like a bastard child in Danville where their short season, where their rookie ball team was. Like there's, there's a little kid in a mullet running around danville virginia just just raising hell who likes hookers more kenny powers or jordan belfort oh oh jordan belfort just because like it's an afford thing it's a financial thing i think kenny powers i think that was probably one of the things that took him down his inability to pay for hookers yeah because in the first episode when he's negotiating the thing with the scream mask i mean when you're when you're bargaining down a hooker you're not it's a desperation move. It's not as much of a, like an enjoyment move. I think I think Jordan Belfort was able to just enjoy his time more because he wasn't worried about the ATM rejecting him pulling out the cash. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to I've, be clear, I mean they both I mean They huge both fans. love love hookers. Love. Um something that worked about this one for me and I, I touched on this with the pilot too and I kind of wish they had kept this this rolling. I really, really enjoyed April when she was just fed up with Kenny's shit, like saying no about the dance. They plant the seeds of she's not exactly happy with Cutler in this one mm-hmm. when he won't when he won't dance with her. But she is also just not having it when Kenny is just being a middle schooler talking to her about, you know, I'm not chaperoning the dance and, and blah, blah, blah. And then he does like the, oh, you're going to the dance with me. Like you're, you're asking me to the dance. Like she's just like this man is a child. And I don't want any part of this. Like, I really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah, I love their dynamic. But there's also like the they they focus in on her face a lot when they're talking when he's talking. And you can see like a little like glimmer in her eye or just a little slight uh, adjustment in her, in the way that she's looking at Kenny that hints that she still has something something for him. So I just love their back and forth. Like you said, like she doesn't put up with the shit. And some a lot of the times like she just doesn't want to hear it and. But there is some like quick shots of her face where it looks like, okay, I'm still like, there's still a little something. There's still a little uh, glimmer of hope for, for Kenny and hopefully getting back with her. So um, everything about it is, is really great. They have really great chemistry on the scene, on um, each scene that they're in. The thing about Kenny and much like us as an audience, because we know this guy sucks, complete mm-hmm. scumbag. And we love him. We're rooting for Kenny Powers throughout this entire show. No matter no matter what he does, we're still rooting for Kenny Powers. And there's very few characters in the show who are actually straight up through with Kenny at, at many points in the show. Like even Dustin, like Dustin is Kenny's brother. He's letting him cry. I would think I think Dustin's wife is is probably the most fed up with Kenny. I would think would but like the the kids like Kenny mocked them mercilessly in the pilot episode and they're out there with his you know with the radar gun helping him out um you know yeah. Clegg Clegg is there to ride with Kenny Clegg, Kenny's the best thing that ever happened to Clegg Clegg goes to jail with Kenny whenever whenever the shit goes down like Clegg is the guy that like will make sure that you're not going to jail alone and and, and will do whatever it takes to make sure you feel you feel comfortable so yeah Clegg is his boy they are they are ride or die yeah, and, and April still has the thing for Kenny, like you said. Um, Cutler is a total simp for Kenny. That kind of that kind of goes away a bit when uh, when when he when he shows up at, at Kenny's house later in the season. But it's like very Kenny has. There are very few people that are like I'm done with this guy. Ashley Schaefer becomes done with Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know they become mortal enemies. Uh, but other than that, like it and it's it's the charm of the show is. You're still rooting for Kenny. And I think if they would have made a lot of the characters be like, oh, fuck Kenny, like he's terrible. It would have, uh, I I, th- I think you you have a tougher time rooting for Kenny. I think it's right. actually like, good that, that everyone still kind of loves him. Yeah, you need to have some, like you need to have people that are still kind of there for him no matter what. Like like you said, if, if everybody's like, fuck this guy, like as a viewer, you're gonna be like, well, yeah, fuck this guy. Like I don't want to root for him. But like 
there are still people that are trying to help him get back on his feet and just trying to do whatever they can. And he's getting in the way. So yeah, that's what kind of allows you to still root for him while still being no, like still being aware like, yeah, this guy's a giant piece of shit. So it's like, they do a really good job of balancing that so that you can continue to watch the show and say like, and, and for like one minute, you're like, Oh man, I think Kenny, I hope Kenny can do this. And then the next minute you're like, yeah, this guy's trash. So, um, they really kind of balance that well. And, uh, it, it continues later on into the series and, on, and throughout the series, especially when it gets into Mexico. Absolutely. Uh, did you have anything for what didn't work or is I called you're fucking out? Cause the only thing I had is that er- early episode Stevie kind of creeps me out. I know they smooth that out a little bit and he's just more like a pathetic, but very devoted human being, but he's just there. There's an alternate, like someone could do one of those YouTube cuts where like, you know, you make think like, Oh, they turned, you know, saved by the bell into a horror movie or something like that. They can mm-hmm. do that with this. And Stevie's a serial killer. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Stevie's super awkward in these few, first few episodes. Um, I think there's a moment where, where Kenny's in the car and Stevie's just like getting out of his car and just like staring at him. Um, but yeah, Stevie and, and the way Stevie talks is really awkward too. It's just like super nasally every kind of like he kind of hangs on syllables and it's really weird. Um, in terms of taking something out of this episode, it is, it is tough. I mean, you could potentially like, I know, I know that we've, we talked about this scene earlier, but like, I guess you could take out that first scene where they're getting back onto the beach after going on the jet ski and he's with that random girl, um, that he met at the bar. But also like that scene is, is needed just to kind of drive home the point that he is a scumbag and he's doing good cold open. Yeah. He's doing really shady things like hiding his jet ski out and out by the lake and hiding it under some twigs. And then he's also about to hook up with this random woman and use a dental tan, a, a dental dam that he has in his car. So yeah, it is a really good open cold open, but in terms of like the actual episode, there's really not much there that you can take out. That isn't part of the actual story that is needed. Cause this, this episode really just kind of moves along and everything is kind of vital to what happens. Like even the scene where like you may think it's, it's not a huge thing, but like when they're, when he's talking to Dustin and they're having the back and forth and while Dustin's taking a shit, like that leads to Clegg becoming his driver. That becomes, that leads to Clegg doing the, the uh, sniffing the paint with the homeless guys and then going back to the school. So like everything, everything just kind of falls into place and it works really well. So taking anything out would feel awkward. And like you said, when Stevie catches, you know, or when, when we catch, uh, when Kenny catches Stevie looking at him before school, I think Stevie has just seen Kenny doing cocaine in his car before yeah. he goes to the school. So, yep. uh, that Stevie sees that Kenny's kind of going through it, which he, he touches back on at the end. You know, you look like you could use a friend. Um, and Kenny said, you know, Kenny hears that, but says, you know, or thinks I, I could use a minion and that's what he gets. Um, let's get into Kennyisms. The best in the best quotes of this show. Most of the best quotes of this show are gonna come from Kenny Powers. Um, what did you? What were your your nominees for best quote? So I had the the quote where he's talking to April, and he says, "There's one image in my life that consistently makes me happy, no matter what I think about, and that image, that one image, is your big tits. Like that is <laughs> Kenny Powers in a nutshell." Like he has no filter. He's telling this woman in public that all he thinks about is her giant tits. He's sweating and then, bullets on ecstasy. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I have actually, this isn't really a funny one, but this is just kind of it encompasses the episode. Um, and it's at the very end when he meets uh, Stevie. And I thought this is actually really like uh, this one hit home. It's, it says funny. He says, funny thing. When you're on top of the world, every motherfucker wants that wants to get a piece of your ass. But then you take a little time off from being unstoppable just to regroup and relax. No one will give you the fucking time of day. Like it's deep, but also it's like super Kenny too. Cause he's talking about like, Oh yeah, I'm, I was unstoppable and I'm just taking time to regroup and relax. And he refuses to accept that he's completely washed up. Um, but those two really stood out to me because they're two different, like they're polar opposites. Like you have Kenny being Kenny talking to April. And then you have Kenny realizing like, this is where he's at in life. And he's trying to be deep, but also still having some of that Kennyism in there. Yeah, that that latter one describes the episode perfectly. Uh, it's it almost describes the season really as Kenny Powers realizing that the the world that adored him has absolutely abandoned him, and for just cause. Yeah, uh, the ones I had are, are much more uh, 
not not quite as deep as that that latter one much more in line with the april ones uh when he's listening to his audiobook with his nephew and it's the one time i was invited to come to a social gathering i was paid a handsome amount of money and i brought a shotgun and a bottle of tangeray and showed those people the best fucking time they've ever seen <laughs> which like imagine you're reading you're the kind of person who's reading kenny powers book or listening to the audiobook and you hear that it's just it's perfect um, and then my, my two favorite, like two just iconic, again, like Kenny Powers, massive scumbag. Uh, this is a real job, not like teaching kids, can't get fucked up. <laughs> and then uh, after he pukes at the dance. You doing okay there, Kenny? I'm fine. It was the egg rolls, not the ecstasy. <laughs> and he walks off like he has dignity. Like he gets up and huffs out of there um, and tries to walk home after that. That is... And then we also, we didn't, yeah, so it was uh, quite the episodes. A lot of Kennyisms in there. Yeah, Kenny Powers has an astounding amount of pride. It's it's one of his best, like, it's one of his funniest qualities is just how much Kenny Kenny is often refusing to say that he is in the wrong, and even when he does, he's yelling like he is in the pilot. Like, it's it's really great. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of his, it's one of the funnier character qualities that he has. Yeah, he is uh he 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 has the most confidence in himself uh, of any character that I've watched on television. He just believes that he is this anointed one. Uh, it's incredible. So, yeah. Um, did we talk about best supporting uh, character in this episode? I mean, it's it's an obvious one, but I, I think this gives us a chance to talk even more about Ashley Schaefer. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let's get into that. And I don't. Okay. So. It, for me, it's a two-man race, and I think like you're right. Like Ashley Schaefer is the pick, and we definitely need to talk about it. But again, back-to-back great showings from Clegg. The first episode, he's in that great cocaine scene, and then this one, he's just he's Kenny's wingman, covered in paint, just huffing paint with homeless guys. Like it's a really funny back-to-back episode showing with Clegg. Like not a lot of time. Like Clegg played for like seven minutes, but he put up you know five threes and hit a couple of them. Yeah, he's uh, to steal the phrase from another rewatchable pod. He's the Dion Waiters of Eastbound and Down. Like he oh, comes absolutely, in absolutely. Although, although I think Ashley Schaefer is just—I mean, he is firing. Farrell is firing on all cylinders. Ashley Schaefer is like a six man though. Like he's a guy that you expect to put up numbers and that you actually rely on to put up to put up numbers. Like Clegg is just coming in. Like he's coming out off the bench. He's like he's 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 throwing up shots and they're fucking going in and he's doing it in a short amount of time. Like also, like, does Clegg have any brain cells left? No, I mean that guy Clegg does is, all the Clegg drugs. Is cooked. Yeah, I'm not does. sure Clegg has many more years. Honestly, <laughs> what is your favorite Ashley Schaefer moment from this episode? Oh, the finger, the finger, Mike. It's just like <laughs> that, to me. That's like perfect, Wilf. I, I guarantee you that was completely off the top of the head. Like, cause it's just super awkward that he's like, he, you think like, oh, it's only going to be like a quick second that he's going to do this finger mic. And he just keeps going. And you can see like Danny McBride is probably really like uncomfortable with it. And Kenny's uncomfortable with it. Everything, everybody's uncomfortable with it. So yeah, like the finger mic is what does it for me. And then you start seeing the dark side after that. But yeah, to kickstart everything off when he gets to the dealership for his appearance and he does the finger mic, it's, it's absurd. I think my favorite is when Kenny makes the excuse of not wanting. He, he says the thing about the Polynesian sauce, and he doesn't want to put a hole in one of the cars. And when Farrell flips the chairs, and I'm actually Schaefer, I got a whole lot full of those BMWs. Like that one is like, okay, he's having a blast playing this guy. Yeah, yeah. And he, he says like, I, I would be uh, glad to see you put a hole in one of those bastards. Like he's like super excited about it. Also, there's like a little thing when he walks up, when Kenny walks up, this has nothing to do with Ashley Shaver, but I just thought it was like a really funny line they dropped in. Uh, Kenny Powers is walking up and he's like saying hi to all the fans and he looks at one and like a fan has a football. He's like, why the hell did you bring a football? Like, I just found it like super funny (laughs) that they threw that in there. Just like totally off the top. He's like, what the fuck did you bring a football? Like, uh, it was really great. That scene is incredible also when you first meet him and he's just talking about the people that work in his dealership and he's like pointing to the hot girls he's like yeah if you if anybody that's close to not like then they may walk like ashley over there will give you a blowjob or whatever her name is and then like he talks to scott or whatever the the male guy is and he's like yeah he'll put a finger up your ass or something like that um 
it's just like you get a feel for how that dealership is and it's probably one of the worst places on the planet I need to see all the B-roll they have from these episodes cuz like that's where you get the the deep in my plums thing that, Yeah. you know I'm sure there's plenty more where that came from like there's got to be Oh yeah I'm sure every single character like bit character within that uh dealership has it like six or seven different lines that Will Ferrell is just firing off about them and then they stuck on the fact that like hey if you're close if you may not buy the girls will suck you dick and this guy will fuck you or something like that. Like they were, I, I'm pretty sure like every single character has a handful of lines told about them. But yeah, that, I'm sure that that dealership is, has like numerous sexual harassment lawsuits filed against it each year. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Ashley Schaefer is, spends more time in court than he does in the showroom without a doubt. Is he like in real life? Is he, just paying off legal fees nonstop and is kind of is really poor, but also puts on like a I'm rich facade. Oh, he's in a mountain of debt. But the thing is, a- Ashley Schaefer is he's got he's inherited wealth for sure. He is not self made. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure he's got he's got all that family money that he's blowing through. He's inherited those dealerships. He's in a mountain of legal debt, uh, but he's. You know, he's still putting on that, yeah, like he's that facade of, yeah. of still being wealthy. Yeah. Um, another person to kind of take into this best supporting character, um, and I'm, I mean, we talk about her uh, every so often, but this is when you're like, we're starting to see more and more of April, and April is starting to come into her own. Um, I think this is when you can start kind of putting her in those, in that upper echelon with, with Clegg and with Ashley Schaefer. She's really good in this episode. Um, she's like the perfect counterbalance to Kenny when they are in a scene and they really eat it up together. Um, they have really great chemistry and they know how to like, it's just like, it seems very natural when they're going back and forth and having their conversation. Like it almost seems like they're, they're picking up where they left off before Kenny became super famous. Um, and so I, I actually really like what April's doing. And she gets a little, she gets to cook a little bit more as the season goes yeah. on. Yep. Um, let's get into Kenny being Kenny the best Kenny moment of the episode. I have four nominees. Uh, Kenny, when he, when he explains sexual health while hiding the jet ski, um, probably classic scumbag Kenny, uh, the failing at lifting weights, the ecstasy dance puke, and then at the end just grabbing the center block and saying, can we go to Ashley Schaefer BMW first? Yep, I have those. I also have the scene where he's throwing the baseball and he hits the uh, bird bath, and then the scene with, Dustin, where he's he's pulling away the toilet paper, but I mean I think this has to be the ecstasy scene. Yeah, it's it's puking on the dance floor in the gym. It, it's it with the the way the music is is going with it too. It it's just fantastic. Would you consider Kenny Powers an adequate dancer? He's definitely not a good dancer, but he's, is he adequate? He's definitely got drug-fueled enthusiasm, and I'm of the belief that decent dancing just takes enthusiasm, so I respect it. I'm also a, like a terrible dancer. Like Even when I have like usually like whiskey-fueled enthusiasm, it, it's still a bad show. I'm definitely in the Kenny Powers like thing but i appreciate the effort yeah he he definitely goes hard uh, i'm definitely one of those guys when i have a few drinks I'm, I'm like throwing i'm flailing my arms and like jumping around i'm i'm a terrible dancer it's it's not a, a good sight but when i have a few in me i'm definitely like trying my hardest and think that i'm doing a good job but it's just it looks awful and i think that's what kenny is like he's he's got that he's got that confidence from doing ecstasy and he's just willing to do whatever it takes to show off for his girl. And he's like doing this really awkward mating dance. It's it's hilarious. And the kids are watching. Also, middle school dances are the, one of the most awkward things on the planet. I, I mean, I remember going to middle school dances, and those things were really, really awkward. So reliving I have zero that, fond memories. Oh, man, they are awful. And there's always that kid that thinks he's a really good dancer, and they show one in this where he's like doing a pop and lock. And there's always, I mean, there's always that kid that thinks he's a better dancer than he actually is. And he's just like, he's going for it. Um, yeah, it's, middle school dances are, are weird. 
If I would have had a middle school dance, though, where the, the temp gym teacher showed up sweating out of his mind, because I don't think in eighth grade I would have had any indication that he was on ecstasy. Oh, no, they have no idea. Something's, something's wrong with him. But if the temp gym teacher shows up and pu- like gets all sweaty and then pukes on the floor while dancing solo, I'm probably still talking about that to this day, 20 years later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh. That that's a good a good segue to roll into the big cringe. Uh, Kenny is perfect because he is absolutely clueless, leads to many moments with zero self awareness. I have two two ultimate cringe moments uh, when he is refusing to throw a ball at Ashley Schaefer BMW, and then when he pukes at a a children's dance. Those are the two. the The whole Ashley Schaefer um, scene when he walks up and he sees the crowd of people. The, the finger mic, the interaction with the fan, um, and then the inability to throw the ball. All of that is super cringeworthy. That is a tough few minutes to actually watch. And it is through. uncomfortable from the get-go. Yep. Yep. When he's walking up and he's just like, you can see that he's uncomfortable. And then like I think he's late, too. Um, everything from that is just bad. It's so bad to watch. The ecstasy scene is funny, and you can get through it and all that kind of stuff. But man, the uh, the scene with Ashley Schaefer, those even like the the first scene with Ashley Schaefer is a little tough to watch. Yeah the the performance or the uh, the actual appearance though is cringe. From yeah, start to fin- it's perfectly done. It is just it's cringe from start to finish. Just Kenny also has a really nice like overhand right because he I mean. He he socks that kid. Like he gives him one. Like he has a, if anything, he has a really nice overhand right. Yeah, McBride doesn't look like he's thrown a baseball before, but he does look like he's punched someone. Before. He's thrown hands. Yeah, he scrapped a little bit. Uh, Jeremy, finally, is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer Eastbound and Down episode? This is a good episode. It's tough to put this in the Hall of Fame. Um. I'm like on the line of starter and all-star. I really like this episode. There's just so many that like it's tough to decide. But since this is the first episode with Ashley Schaefer and you get those iconic moments and I mean, we're introducing an iconic bit character. It's an all-star episode for me. I think it's a strong all-star for me Uh, because of the Ashley Schaefer introduction. Also, the Clegg huffing paint is important to me. (laughs) That's something it's one of my... It's probably one of my top 10 favorite things about this show. Favorite moments of this show is him seeing Clegg just being ultra casual with it. Just, oh, I'm hanging out with these guys. Like, it is just flawless. So, for me, it's it's an all-star. I'm I'm very interested. I am doing this. Uh, this rewatch episode by episode. I'm not. I'm not gonna rewatch in advance before you know recording. I wanna. I want yeah. things to be fresh. I also don't want to be pulling too much from from stuff I already seen. I'm interested what how many how much of the season even dips super close to starter territory. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing the same. I'm going episode by episode because I wanted to be as fresh as possible. Um, it's gonna be. It's going to be hard to to see anything dip below starter. Now, I have a question for you about how this works. Because we are doing the full series, are we looking at limiting the amount of Hall of Famers, All-Stars, Starters, and bench warmers? Like, are we building out, like, basically a roster? Or are we doing, like, you, we can have, we can make these all All-Star if we wanted to. We could, yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it's interesting. It's something we need to think about. So, I think uh, I think Bill Simmons' greatest contribution to society is actually the basketball, the hall, the the hall the of pyramid. Fame pyramid, yeah, yeah, the pyramid. I think the pyramid makes a lot of sense um, in movies as well, because like like Bull Durham for me is a different kind of Hall of Fame sports movie than like um, know, I'm trying to think of something else. I put in the I put Bloodsport in the Hall of Fame. Because oh, Bloodsport, yeah. I, I think Bloodsport is perfect. Bloodsport is exactly what it's trying to be. It's it's fantastic. It was on TV the other night. I, I watched the shit out of it. That's like an instant, like, oh, Bloodsport's on? And you're like, no matter where you're at in the film, you're like, I'm going to sit down and watch this. Exactly. It's really the only the only thing you have to worry about watching Bloodsport is like, how much collateral can you buy out of your significant other? Like, how long can you keep this <laughs> on before you get that look I talked about in our last episode? Like, ah, hey, you're really watching this, huh? You're just gonna you're just gonna keep this on the TV. I think I get like 20 minutes before yeah. I'm yeah. 
Yeah, you get maybe one fight depending on where you are in the film. I mean, you if you're watching say, it with kids too, it's like, like every now, every now and again, I'll sit down and watch something, and my kids will show up. And like, if you're watching Bloodsport and like somebody like, like when he kills the guy, that's like instant. Like it's off. Like can't watch it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the pyramid thing. So like the pilot episode of this show is like tip of the pyramid. Um, yeah, we put that on the Mount Rushmore. That's an all timer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's maybe like, so I think we maybe do it in the pyramid kind of sense. Like there's first ballot Hall of Fame episodes and there's, you know, like, um, like I think about, uh, go to, again, just, I had just said I wasn't going to pull from other stuff, but like the, the, the episode in Myrtle Beach where, uh, Jason Sudeik, where Shane overdoses on cocaine, um, is a fantastic episode because it's the the same episode like Kenny loses his job as closer and it's a really good one. It's not as good as the pilot, but for me, I can already tell you that's a Hall of Fame episode. Mm-hmm. It's just not as good. So I don't know if we we make a quota, but we, I think we it is our duty as you know in this rewatch to say you know this one is a Hall of Famer or borderline Hall of Famer, but it's not. This is not as good as like the pilot. Yeah, we have to have some bench warmers in here. We have to be able to to look at this with a critical eye and say like this episode, though it may have some funny parts, is not as good as any of the other ones. Like that's the one thing that I want to make sure that we're doing is that we're getting some bench warmers in there because we have to have we have to look at this from like a, a critical viewpoint. Like we have to say like, hey, maybe this isn't as good as the other ones. So maybe a pyramid is the way to go here. I, yeah, I think that's our duty. I think that I think we'll move forward. I would like some help from the listeners. If you're if you're still listening at this point, if you have not turned it off yet, um, let us know. Uh, shout it out on on Twitter at big underscore screen sport. Was this a Hall of Fame? Was this a starter? Uh, was it an all star? Was it a bench warmer? Let us know. You know, are we being too, you know, too hard on our grades, too soft on our grades? Would love to know. Uh, but next week, getting into episode three, rolling right along. Uh, Jeremy, tell the folks where they can uh, follow you and where they can check out your other podcast, Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Pod. Yeah, so you can check out Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Pod on Blue Wire. Uh, we normally record on Monday nights leading into Tuesday um, publication, but because things have been changing in the wrestling world, we've been, we've been recording on Wednesdays. So we will be recording a new episode tomorrow talking all about NXT, Impact Wrestling, AEW. So. Make sure you check us out on Blue Wire, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can catch us uh, on YouTube at Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. And you can follow uh, us on Twitter at Two Jabronis Pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. And we've got to get your uh, your co-host, BJ Cruz. We, we got to get him watching Eastbound and Down. I tweeted He watched the today. first episode, he told me. Oh, did he? Did he yeah. like it? Yeah. Yeah, he likes it. So uh, hopefully he'll continue to watch this show. And he'll maybe we can get him as a guest host every now I was and again. Just, say yeah, we need we need to get him to hop on at least one, but he's got to catch up. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, you're enjoying this Eastbound and Down rewatch. Remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, rate, leave a review. Got a I I normally read out all five star reviews at time of recording. Uh, but that's usually when I do an intro uh, in, in post, and I am not doing that for this one, but did get a, a fantastic five-star review the other day. Uh, that is very much appreciated. I will read it out at some point. Uh, but yeah, uh, subscribe. These episodes are going to come at you every Monday. Got the occasional Thursday, Throwback Thursday episode or a random bonus. Maybe me and Jeremy do a, a Eastbound and Down listener questions episode at some point. Yeah. Um, also, the the whole, you know, the whole, uh, we've got 100 plus episodes in the big screen sports feed. They're all pretty evergreen. Go back, check out, see if we covered one of your favorite sports movies. And we will see you on next Monday talking Eastbound and Down Chapter 3. Thanks for listening. Later. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.